Are you the one they call Beowulf? Hey there, enthusiasts. Welcome back to Hero Talk. I am your host, Judge Greg. Joining me today, I have Kinetic. Hey, Nick. Welcome back to Hero Talk. Thanks, dude. All right. Today's film is the 2007 American 3D motion capture epic fantasy film, Wow, directed by Robert Zemeckis, uh, Beowulf. Uh, so this was the um, this was really big. This was back when the the 3D really kind of started expanding in terms of the movie theaters. And I mean, it's it's yep. ever it's everywhere now, and it is infuriating. And in fact, I don't know <laughs> if you know this, Nick. I may not have told you this. I actually bought 2D glasses that I can take with me to a 3D picture <laughs> so that it will convert the 3D movie back to 2D for me so that because 3D movies get all the good times now. Really? Yeah. Well, huh. so for Suicide Squad, if you if you go back and listen to, to that podcast, I had mentioned that like the Suicide Squad basically had like one or ten and those were like the only show times. I'm like, well, that doesn't really work for me. I'm either going in the middle of the day when I can't really go because, you know, I've got the, the whole family thing I'm trying to handle. And then you've got that 8 o'clock or 10 o'clock at night. I'm, like, I'm not going to be able to stay awake for a movie that starts 10 o'clock at night. <laughs> you know, it's I, I have an alarm clock in the morning that is unrelenting and unforgiving and keeps asking me if I want to build a snowman. <laughs> I I am not exactly sure what to say to that one. Yeah. Oh, it's a frozen thing, huh? It is. That is a frozen thing. Okay. At least I at least I was able to follow you that far. There we go. So a- anyway, we're gonna so, have to see Frozen someday, I suppose. We well, that needs to be a hero talk, I think. That sounds reasonable, I yeah. suppose. I as many times as I've seen that movie, it really needs to be a hero talk. Yeah. I should. Whenever I go to the new format, maybe I'll do that. That'll be my first one. Who knows? <laughs> I'm not committing to that, but that'd be pretty neat. Um, but anyway, now we're talking about, about Beowulf. I Now, I saw this in the theater when it came out. So in, did I. In 3D, before I realized that 3D movies are like stabbing myself in the brain through the eyes. And this one wasn't too bad, if I remember correctly, but um, looking at it now and watching it again, uh, it has not aged gracefully. No, no, it has not. Uh, when I, when I was watching it, just the the animation and the mocap and everything, it's you know all those complaints that you have that that you hear about the the waxy unrealistic figures from the Polar Express, and I'm looking at this, I'm like. Oh, yeah. Oh, oh, right. Thank you, Zemeckis. Yeah. And I've used this joke before, but it's a it's a Judge Greg original. So I feel I'm I am completely free to use it again as I want to. But Beowulf was so entrenched in the uncanny valley, it built four houses and a hotel. (laughs) I, I was I was so just absolutely put off by how how it has aged. And I mean, it's it's the danger of doing something like like this because yeah, if you try to go hyper realistic, then you immediately age it because when things get better, this will not look as good as it, as it looked. That's that's definitely one of the one of the pitfalls of special effects and in particular computer generated effects. And yeah. since this was all computer animated, then yeah. Right. And, and there was know. there was just parts where like it their eyes were so dead that it looked like they weren't even focusing on anything that they were talking to each other and each person was just staring off into the distance. Yeah. I mean you if if you if you're going to not date yourself, you need to be very stylized, you know, like a Pixar yeah. Toy Story thing because yeah. Woody can look like he has dead lifeless eyes because he's supposed to be a toy. 
Yeah. Although, even when you go back and watch Toy Story 1, Woody has more life in his eyes than Beowulf has in this film. That's true. That's true. And more personality, too. (laughs) I mean, I don't dislike the film. I I still watched it. I was still entertained by it. But I would say, objectively looking at it, it it just it kind of makes your skin crawl a little bit when you it's think the, when you think about how it's aged. The weird thing is, I actually there there's either an acclimation to it or just the early scenes in the movie were worse because like the moment the, the movie started when I was rewatching it for this, it really just smashed me in the face how awkward things looked. And as the movie went on, I, 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 it either got better or I just didn't care as much I, or I got used to it or something. It's, it's like your brain just decided it, it couldn't be bothered anymore. <laughs> like, listen, uh, if, if you're just going to subject us to this, we're just going to go ahead and turn <laughs> down the resolution a little bit. <laughs> yep. Something like that. Yeah. Um, so anyway, like, so I guess that's my general impression. I kind of like the movie, but it is not aged well, and it kind of sounds like you're in the same boat as me. Yeah, pretty much, generally speaking. Yeah, I, I will say, like, as I look, especially as I'm looking through IMDb now to try to intelligently talk about this film, I realize somewhere through I have once again picked a movie where I have no prayer of being able to correctly pronounce anybody or anyone's <laughs> name. Other than Beowulf, I got Beowulf and Grendel, and and Grendel's mother. I can say Grendel's mother, but there we go. After that, <laughs> I'm just gonna do my best and understand that I. Okay, it's old old English. What do you want from me? Yeah, yeah. Well, I'll I'll try to help you as the characters come up. I think yeah. I can get most of them. Yeah. So one more thing before we go into the cast, this movie, and, and you know, all it's not just this movie. I, I don't want to pick on this movie because a lot of 3D movies were doing it back then, but, man, it was all about the cheap 3D tricks to try to make things look like they're pointing at you and coming at you and in your face. Yeah, there were a few, you know, a lot of 3D movies, like all 3D movies, uh, up until this most recent uh, sort of string of them where it, it became so normalized you couldn't do the shock treatment like that anymore. Most 3D movies have one or two moments like that, and this one had, I don't know, yeah. four or five. Yeah, I mean, there, I, really, I counted really more than that. There, it seemed like every scene had something like, whoa, look what's coming at you. <laughs> and I, I was just, I remember getting sick of it in the theater, and when you watch it in 2D now on a screen, it's especially old. When you, It's not even in 3D yeah. now. Like It just looks like the man has a massively large spear. It doesn't look like it's coming <laughs> at me. That, that's the one that really bothers me, because it does. When you look at it in 2D, when the guard comes up on Beowulf on the beach, it just looks like his spear is massive. Yeah, I it's do not got get that impression perspective thing going on. Yeah, it just didn't didn't really work. But it's just cheap tricks. Like, it's the kind of stuff that I expect. Now, I'm saying this. As you know, I just got back from Disney World. And one of the things they have at the Magic Kingdom is this, this short, like, 10-minute show called Mickey's Philhar Magic, which is in 3D. Uh, and also gives me a headache, but it's only 10 minutes, so, like, it's not too bad, so I can just kind of sit through it and then go on and not be that affected. Uh, my daughter loves it, so we, we went in there. I think we saw it twice while we were there. And it's it's nothing but those 3D in-your-face tricks. But mm. it's 10 minutes, it's its shtick, and then it's done. When when a movie is trying to, like, tell the ancient story of Beowulf, the oldest known Old English long poem uh, on this planet, and in the same time, it's like, look at the coins coming at your face. <laughs> oh, look at this thing's coming at you. Uh-oh, this thing's poking you in the eye. Like, I'm half expecting Beowulf to take out a yo-yo and start throwing it at the screen, you know? <laughs> 
Uh, yeah, and for that matter, this this was not exactly the most faithful retelling <laughs> of Beowulf. It, it was not. Now, I don't know a whole awful lot about Beowulf. I mean, I have seen many, many different adaptions. I have never read the original poem. Yeah, um, I, 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 I finished the original poem, and I even read Eaters of the Dead. Yeah. I've, uh, we watched Beowulf and Grendel once, and the main thing I remember about that was the accents were all over the place. They were, yes. Um, I saw a Beowulf that was like a weird futuristic dystopian Beowulf. Beowulf. Is that the one with, oh, Christopher Lambert? Or it is. Something? Yes, it is. Yes. It is not huh. good. Um, that's hardly a surprise. Yeah, but let's see. There was, I mean, there was a lot of different cha- Like they, they portrayed Beowulf as as highly flawed. I mean, flawed in to, the 2007 one. Not in the 2007, one. yeah, I should <laughs> say. I'm speaking of the 2007 movie. Some of the changes, like Beowulf, I know that he is traditionally portrayed as un- unambiguously heroic. Yes. And in this he's one, straight up Superman, pretty much. Yeah, and in this, he's he's very flawed and and he's a lusty braggart. Yeah. Um, Hrothgar they made into, uh, an alcoholic. Yeah. And he was, was, he was of dubious character from the onset. And mostly naked most of the time for reasons yeah. that I'm not quite familiar with. <laughs> um, they added in, and I don't think the original poem had this, like they, they were really heavy handed with the story being set as uh, Roman Catholicism started spreading. Uh, oddly enough, the original Beowulf, at least the recorded version, has a whole lot of, you know, uh, references to strength being granted by Almighty God and, and all kinds of stuff like that. Although there's a lot of, uh, my understanding is there's a lot of suspicion that was added by people later. Okay. And the original version, which long predates the written version, didn't include those, those mm-hmm. notes. But, uh, yeah, so, I mean, I can understand to some extent the, the sort of sense of encroachment of Catholic dogma, you might say. Mm -hmm. So I, uh, it it was done in a very strange way, in my opinion, but in principle, I can kind of get it. Mm -hmm. Then there, there was the, um, the idea of, of Grendel, instead of being a monster, he was portrayed very, very sympathetically. Sympathetically, yeah. I'm, I, I get he was, he was almost childlike. Yeah. He's, he, he had a super sensitive ear, like an exposed eardrum, mm-hmm. which the partying at, uh, the Mead Hall that had a name that I can't remember, uh, oh, just drove uh, him, drove him just nuts and he, Herot. Herot was the name. Herot, yeah. Uh, I'm gonna uh, stick with but, what I said. <laughs> Uh, and so he just went in and went sick house on everybody to mainly to get them to shut up. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it, it was, I, I kind of liken it to the Cloverfield monster. Cause they've, they've come out and said after Cloverfield, like the Cloverfield monster was supposed to be like, this is just a toddler throwing a tantrum, except mm. the toddler's giant and can level a city. <laughs> but it, it was, it was kind of like that. It was, it was a very, I mean, he was almost, he had the mentality of almost a four or five year old. Yeah. And, and even at that, it was, Mm-hmm. You know, he, he's presented in that sympathetic light, but it certainly doesn't help his presentation to other people when he's like ripping a dude in half and drinking the blood. Yeah, he bit the head off one guy just because and chewed it up. Yeah, I, I mean, he was certainly 
not a good character, but he was more sympathetic as to why he was attacking them. Yeah, and that's that's another difference from the original one where Grendel was just a monster. Right. Um. Now, in the original, was was there that whole uh side thing going on between Grendel's mother and Beowulf that uh, produced the Grendel's dragon? Grendel's mother was no. Uh, the dragon was unrelated. Grendel's oh. mother was just the mother of the demon, and even older, more powerful demon. Yeah, okay. That's what I thought. Yeah. There's none of the uh, suggested uh, siring of the dragon between Beowulf and Grendel's mother. No, the dragon yeah. was just a dragon. Okay, that's... I'm, I'm trying to remember stuff like that. And then that whole end scene, of course, was just completely made up about Beowulf's funeral, and then Beowulf's buddy... Uh, I'm trying to think his Wiglaf. name. What was it? Wiglaf? Wiglaf, yeah. Sure. Wiglaf. So, anyway, I think that's enough difference. Let's talk yeah, about the, the cast. The, it, yeah, yeah, the original one did have the big funeral pyre, but okay. Grendel's mother was dead at that point. So the- Okay. Um, I, I will say, like, if you're going to make the 2007 film, I don't mind the changes they made. I, I mean, you got to remember the original poem, most anyone can tell, was written in the in around the year 1000 A.D., yeah, Give somewhere. Or take. Or, yeah. Yeah, like 900, 1000, somewhere around there. Yeah, so, I mean, obviously storytelling has, has I'm not going to say advanced or matured, but it's, it's changed. It's, it's not yeah. quite the same beast it used to be. Well, and yeah, so, you're, we, we also don't have to commit it to memory rather than writing things down and to help in memorization make things alliterative <laughs> and right. to follow a meter. Yeah, exactly. So, you know, you, you're, you're free to make changes. So, Anyway, the cast. Let's let's talk about the cast. All right. And uh, I guess I guess we should talk about the main guy, which would be Beowulf. Are you looking <laughs> up his name right now? I am looking up his name. Well, for whatever reason, <laughs> on IMDb, he is like not listed on the main list, <laughs> which is really strange. Like it starts with Robin Wright as as Wilthau, and and I, I don't really understand why she gets top billing. Her part wasn't very big. I mean, I, I, we're not, can't, there's not a whole lot I can say about her. I've talked about her already. So Ray Winstone. Yeah, that was Ray it. Winstone is as Beowulf, uh, and also played the dragon and the golden man. Which were the same character. Yeah, which were the same character, but, uh. And had maybe, maybe two lines. The, yeah, I think the golden man only had like two lines. He was in the dream, and then he was, he said something to, um, to John Malkovich. Yeah. Unferth was his name. Yeah. So Ray Winstone. Now, some of the characters in here were modeled after their voice actor, and some were modeled loosely. Now, now Ray Winstone, I immediately remember Ray Winstone as being uh, Mac from that new Indiana Jones movie, the Crystal Skull one. Mm-hmm. And he he did not have the Beowulf build. <laughs> no. Few uh, people do. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I I wonder if he just sort of did the mocap and then they just they made him look like he went through the the three hundred school of working out. Well, I don't think. Uh, or do you think somebody else did the mocap and he just did the voice? Uh, there's a distinct possibility of the latter. Maybe they mocapped his face or something. Yeah. Well, because like, for I, some I, people, like like Grendel was played by Kristen Glover, mm. and Kristen Glover actually did the mocap for Grendel. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't look into any of the uh, who did mocap for what. So yeah, I, I didn't a little bit. I just you know as I as I read up a little bit about these movies for Hero Talk so that I can talk intelligently about them for anywhere from forty five <laughs> minutes to an hour. One of the things I, I realized because it was kind of odd to me that Kristen Glover played Grendel because Robert Zemeckis and Kristen Glover didn't really work out so well for each other in Back to the Future. In fact, very famously, he w- did not come back in the subsequent Back to the Future movies. 
because uh, Robert Zemeckis said he was very difficult to work with. Hmm. And apparently Zemeckis had said, like, well, since this was all mocap work, we only need the one take, and then I could worry about what angles I need later, so I don't need to keep doing take after take with him. So that's that's kind of funny because it's almost like uh, a very huh, it almost sounds like Zemeckis's whole mocap approach was focused on convenience. Yeah. Which I don't know. It's I mean, it's almost a sort of laziness, which kind of kind of speaks to why the whole enterprise folded in on itself after three or four movies. Yeah, I mean it's it can be done okay, but I wonder how much that adds to the budget that you couldn't have done practically. Yeah, I mean we've we've seen similar movies. I mean we just talked about Thirteenth Warrior, mm-hmm. and so Thirteenth Warrior was able to do more with less than this movie did. I think. Well, I'm not sure. What was the budget for Beowulf? Because there were estimates for 13th Warrior that the budget was between 130 or $180 million. Oh, was, was it really that much? It was a very I know, expensive I know movie. we just talked about it not that long yeah. ago, but I'm trying to, yeah, Beowulf, I think the budget for Beowulf was 150000 But 13th Warrior, I've, I like, the budget, I, I, the last one I read, and I think the one that we cited on, on the podcast was $85 million. I, 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 it's one of those things where you don't get the, almost no one's going to be interested in giving you the exact number. Yeah. And I mean, it just, it seemed really expensive for something that is now far more dated than the 13th Warrior was, which is telling a very similar, incredibly similar story, you know? Yeah. I think this movie would have benefited greatly from Herger being a part of it. Many movies would benefit from Herger being a part of it. I'd like to just see Herger in almost every movie. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, I think I think if I could see Herger and Amanda Waller just show up in every movie I see, <laughs> I would be perfectly happy. I could watch anything. Man, imagine Frozen with that being the case. <laughs> no. All right. What are we talking about? We're supposed to be talking about Beowulf, and then we started talking. We, we left off with Ray Winstone. Yeah, we left off with Ray Winstone, and now we're talking about the hypothetical Suicide Squad Frozen 13th Warrior crossover. <laughs> Which no, I'd watch. Was, um, I would watch. I would watch that. The the main thing I got from Ray Winstone was uh, an example of how a lot of the accents in this movie are kind of all over the place, too. Oh, they were. Well, I think Anthony Hopkins. Not as bad was, as Beowulf and Grendel, yeah. but kind of all over the place. Anthony Hopkins was doing Welsh, and some people just weren't doing an accent, and some people were just trying to sound vaguely English. As opposed to Grendel, who was actually speaking Old English. Yeah, Grendel spoke exclusively in Old English. Uh, and Which Grendel's made it mother really people. hard to understand him. <laughs> Incredibly hard. And it's it was, they'd have these conversations, Grendel and his mother, Yeah, and, and they, they, they went on for a long time, and I have yeah. no idea what he's saying. And the closed captioning does not help at all. The closed captioning just says, speaking Old English. Jeez. <laughs> I, I, I something around along the lines of they murdered me so strong Beowulf. Yeah, I think at one point he says he he didn't harm Hrothgar. Yeah, and he says something like you know no no harm no harm or something like that. Yeah. Um. So did Grendel know Hrothgar was his dad? Uh, that wasn't explicitly stated, but uh, you can kind of infer it. One way or the other, Grendel's mother told him not to harm Hrothgar. Yeah, it was during his initial run. I'm going way out of order, but when his initial run on on the 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 Harrod Hall, he 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 faced Hrothgar, and they had this face down, and then almost like Hrothgar fell backwards, and I don't know why, and Grindel just took off, 
I'm like, so was that Anthony Hopkins basically going and like, I, I can't, I can't kill my own son, or was that Grendel going, I can't fight you because you're my dad? I really had trouble understanding what was going on there. Well, okay, so the way the movie presents it, whatever you can make of Hrothgar as he was shown at that time in the movie, apparently in the past he was a pretty powerful warrior because apparently he himself killed a dragon in his youth. He sure did. Uh, and at some point went to uh, defeat Grendel's mother and... The same thing that we see happen with Beowulf later happened, and he wound up siring Grendel, and so he knows Grendel's around, and it's an old shame of his. Mm-hmm. Um, and so when Grendel shows up, and he's, and you know, it's kind of a despair point for him. He's, you know, everything's going wrong because of a moment of weakness or poor judgment on uh, from him in the past, and so he's trying to challenge Grendel to fight him. And then it's just sort of a standoff and, you know, eventually Grendel just leaves. So, yeah, I I think what if this movie taught me nothing else is that I do not want to see the results of Anthony Hopkins and Angelina Jolie having a baby. <laughs> it's I, it was a little weird that, you know, like Grendel came out and he was very malformed and very uh like grotesque looking yeah and then when when beowulf sires the the dragon or the golden man he's i mean he's like a a, a golden statuesque man like the little oscar guy yeah as, pretty as, much as full size who could transform into a giant fire-breathing dragon i thought wow hrothgar what what was up with with you <laughs> what did you pass on man that was <laughs> beowulf made a dragon well i Here's the point where I got to point out that Zemeckis himself said he didn't like the Beowulf poem or the story, I guess. And seems like just, a perfect choice to direct. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, which is why there, I, I think that's why some of the story was an attempted deconstruction of the original story where Beowulf is, you know, uh, beyond reproach, just super powerful and awesome guy. There's not much character drama there. And so here he's shown to have his own weaknesses. He's shown to be a braggart. He's shown to be uh, uh, lustful and shown to be untrustworthy when it comes to the confrontation with Grendel's mother, which I'm sure we'll get to. Mm-hmm. Um, but it, it uh, yeah, when it comes to those sort of narrative cheats about why Hrothgar gave birth to Grendel while Beowulf sired the dragon it doesn't make a lot of sense and it seems to me like kind of that sense of laziness that I mentioned before from Zemeckis kind of shines through here he was not interested in actually working with the source material and was trying to rework it into something else and you know an adaptation is okay I'm fine with an adaptation but <sighs> this no, one I, yeah i'm i'm with yeah. you on that one it was just it was very it was odd in that he he went two different narrative routes that didn't quite seem like they fit in the same full total nar- narrative mm-hmm. and but anyway uh so hrothgar was played by anthony hopkins i'm not gonna list what anthony hopkins has been in because he's been in everything you obviously probably know who anthony hopkins is most notable for playing hannibal lecter He's currently playing yeah. Odin in the <laughs> Thor series. So I think he was on tap to play Jarrell at one point in time, but that fell through. That would be interesting. Yeah, he said it in a, on an old Conan O'Brien interview. He said that he was going to be playing Jarrell coming up, and I think it was going to be maybe that Nick Cage movie that never happened. Ah, uh, 
Maybe the one that they were going to try to get Kevin Smith to write for. Yeah, with the, the giant mechanical spider. Yeah, and uh, Brainiac fighting polar bears. Brainiac fighting polar bears, that's that's correct. That was somewhere in the script. Yeah, the, the producer, when he was being read the story treatment, said, you need an action beat here. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that was... It, the. The story Kevin Smith tells dealing with that producer is very telling, and I am not somebody who just likes what Kevin Smith does and everything, and, and I'm I'm not really a big fan of Kevin Smith. I think some things he does are very good, and some things that he does are not very good, and I don't think Kevin Smith can tell the difference when he's making it. <laughs> but uh, when he tells that story, it's actually, it's actually very entertaining and very telling, he's... and I tend to believe more than I don't about his... Because I'm sure he, he has to... When you're telling the story, and especially when you're doing it as he does on, on a big stage show, you need to embellish some of the details. And I don't hold it against a person for doing it. You're trying to entertain people. So you yeah. sort of you sort of have to make it a, a compelling story. He's but not I, a bad oral storyteller. No. Um, but I, I get a feeling that uh, a lot of what he said is probably more true than not. Yeah. All right. Moving on to the cast, uh, Robin Wright plays Wiltho, who was uh, the queen to Hrothgar, and then again the queen to Beowulf. Yeah. Played by Robin Wright, who uh, I think was Robin Wright Penn back then. Uh, we've talked about her before. She was in Princess Bride, which yep. everyone knows her from, and she played Buttercup, and I dislike that character. I have really nothing else to say about her. <laughs> and uh, we there's also... Um... John Malkovich playing Unferth. Playing Unferth, yeah, who was unmistakable as John Malkovich. Uh, did he even attempt an <laughs> accent at all? No. Yeah. I think this is one of his, uh, uh, what was it, the, the Nostalgia Chick once referred to it as um, a, uh, a man upset about his order at the Olive Garden. Yeah. Just kind of a little short, but yeah, uh, not exactly was. inspired. Yeah, he was, yeah, it was, I mean, it was John Malkovich. He was, he was fine for what he was. The character was yeah. not really very well presented in this, uh, yeah. in, in terms of just, un, I remember when I first saw it, I kept waiting for the other shoe to drop for Unferth. Mm. Like, like, I'm waiting for, like, okay, so what, what does this character have? What's, what's finally going to happen? And the answer was nothing. Yeah, he's, he's a, pretty much all he did was present Beowulf the sword and his slave took the golden horn, which broke the uh, agreement with Grendel's mother that, that then brought the dragon in the, the years later. But he was, I think his character was mostly just another one of those examples or victims you might say of the reworking of the story they wanted to have that one person call out beowulf as a braggart and if you're going to do that you're going to need to kind of flesh out this character some more but they never really did anything with it other than i think he was the one that got burned by the dragon at the end and started yelling sins of the father sins of the father yes Yes, that was and him. So, like, he went from doubting Beowulf to believing in Beowulf back to doubting Beowulf. Or was that supposed to be his character arc? I guess. I don't. It was. I mean, it was really. I, I like. I said there was. I really felt like they were building up some final confrontation between Unferth and Beowulf that just never happened, and that sins of the father thing just didn't cut it. Yeah, it's. Uh, yeah. Yeah, the, it was. I was constantly it, waiting for the other shoe to drop, and it never did. Yeah, I, I gotta say, this is one of those things that 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 points out 
to my mind at least, how in attempting to adapt the story for modern audiences and modern storytelling, trying to deconstruct the myth because the original one is is very much just straightforward. The hero did this, the hero overcame that, the hero overcame this, the hero overcame that. In deconstructing that, they actually made it I, I would actually say it's a little less exciting and engrossing than the original one. And and this one is even more this happened and then that happened and this happened and then that happened. Because with Unferth here, he's, he, it feels like he should have a character arc, but it doesn't actually go anywhere. So it's just he doubted Beowulf, then he believed in Beowulf, and then he doubted Beowulf again. Yep. There's not much emotional weight to any of those transitions. No, there really is. In fact, his shifting from untrusting to trusting was so abrupt that instinctually, as as a informed movie watcher, I didn't trust it. <laughs> you know, I'm like, well, that was yeah, way too really easy. That couldn't that possibly be sincere. It was it was following the tropes of uh, like a, a a a false presentation. Yes. No, I see what you're saying there. Mm, all right. Uh, so who should we move on to? So Grendel was Kristen Glover. I have nothing else to say about that. Well, there's Angelina Jolie. Yeah, well, uh, we're getting to her. I'm saving her for the end. <laughs> Sorry for jumping the line. Wow. Okay. Well, anyone else you want to talk about before we talk about Angelina Jolie? Let's go, let's go there. Honestly, that was the only other one I remembered. Um, the only other one I would say, Alison Lohman played Ursula. Mm. And she was, she was, uh, Beowulf's mistress. Bed warmer, quote unquote. Yeah, she was, cause I guess he fell out with the queen. Yeah, it's for the same reason that, uh, Hrothgar did when she learned that, uh, mm-hmm. he lay with Grendel's mother, she wanted nothing to do with him. Yeah. And when I read some of the notes on it, I think it was, and I didn't really get this from my watching of it, but I, I read in some of the notes that the sleeping with Grendel's mother was supposed to have made Beowulf sterile. Which is would have also explained why Hrothgar never got an heir either. I suppose, but at the same time, it was um, unless he was going to have additional infidelity, he wasn't going to. Yeah, she she up. wanted nothing, and Lift I up. I understand where she's coming from because uh, who knows when you sleep with a water demon, who knows what you're picking up? Yeah, yeah, but anyway, yeah. So she's also been in. Uh, she was in Gamer. You remember? Do you remember Gamer? Never watched that one. Oh, that was... <laughs> I do Enter- remember it, though. It was entertaining for it. all the wrong reasons. She was in Gamer. She was in Drag Me to Hell, so she's been in some other stuff. But All right, so now now we get Saving saving the Best for Last, Angelina Jolie as, as, ba- as Grendel's mother. I almost said Beowulf's mother. I actually almost said that. That adds a whole different layer to this movie. <laughs> That that might have been more interesting, oddly enough. Yeah, Grendel's mother was played by Angelina Jolie. Uh, we never get to see her true form. Uh, you kind of do at one point. Yeah, you sort of when, see a kind of a reflection, and she's sort of a lizard woman. Yeah, you, you see her. You see the outline of her when Beowulf is in the cave and looking around, and like there's a whole bunch of gold at the top of the cave, and she's out, like pressed up, attached to the ceiling, and you see that. But other than that, and the reflections, no. Yeah, she's mostly portrayed very much as Angelina Jolie. Yeah. Uh, who I I really liked her performance in this. I kind of like what they did with her. How when she's like turning into the the succubus type individual, she's kind of like half painted gold, half not. Because um, there's a, there's definitely a lot of gold imagery. Because even even uh, Grendel has gold scales at points on him, uh-huh. and uh, Grendel's mother's gold, the the gold man dragon gold. So the golden horn. Yeah. 
Yeah. Which, if I'm to believe that came off the other dragon, the one that Hrothgar had slain, it just makes me believe that the other one he had slain would have also been a golden dragon. So would have also been, I would presume, one of one of Grendel's mother's children. Offspring. Yeah, it's it's implied it, that it yeah. was a a, a cycle, mm-hmm. and Grendel's mother's been around for like thousands of years. Yeah. So speaking of, as long when you you mentioned the cycle, and then all of a sudden it reminds me we never mentioned uh, who played Wigliff. Who did play Wigliff? Uh, Brandon Gleason. So he's a uh, he is an old Irish actor. Uh, he was in Braveheart, mm. uh, Gangs of New York, Twenty Eight Days Later. I think he played someone in Harry Potter, but I don't really know Harry Potter well enough to know who he would have played. So I apologize. I'm not very Harry Potter um, fluent. Uh, so looking it up, I could tell you it was Alastor Mad Eye Moody. If that means anything to you? Mm, not much. No. Yeah, I have no idea who he. I mean, he's he's been in a, a bunch of stuff. He he's in things that are coming out uh, this year and things that are going to be coming out next year. So he's he's a very active actor. But again, I just kind of listed some of the the big things that I would have seen him from. But I he doesn't really doesn't really immediately jump out to me as somebody I recognize looking at him. So oh, you know what? He was um in Twenty Eight Days Later. Did you see that movie? Uh, a long time ago. He was the dad. Remember when those people found like the dad and the and and the younger girl, the teenage girl? Mm-hmm. He was the the dad. one that got infected by the drop of blood in his eye. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So that's that's who he was. If you really want to place place who he is, he was in Lake Placid, which was an awful movie, but he was the sheriff in that. I kind of remember him from that. All right. So now I think we've done a good enough job trying to establish who any of these people are. Unfortunately, we somehow managed to end with Brandon Gleason instead of Angelina Jolie. <laughs> Which feels wrong to me on some level. Yeah, you can fix it in post. I'm not going to fix that in post. I'll I didn't fix say the... you would. I said you could. Yeah, that's a true statement. I could fix that. I could also remove this little side conversation we're having about things I do in post. But <laughs> we both know I won't. We both know this whole thing is making it to the final podcast. Yes. Yes, we do. All right. So the story, we, we've touched upon story elements. So we're not going to walk through the story because uh, there's not really a whole lot. It's just stuff happens. Uh, yeah, I mean, I can I can recap the whole of Beowulf right now. Yeah. It's... Uh, uh, Hrothgar builds Herod to celebrate his soldiers. Grendel is upset and starts killing people there. They call out for help. Beowulf comes, kills Grendel. Grendel's mother seeks revenge. Beowulf goes, kills Grendel's mother. Many years later, Beowulf has his own kingdom. A dragon comes and, you know, terrorizes the land. Beowulf, as an older man, goes, kills the dragon, dies in the fight. He's buried a hero. Roll That's friends. your basic Beowulf. Yeah. There you go. So let's. I, we need to talk about some some of these more more iconic scenes, and and the one that we could not avoid was the the battle between Beowulf and Grendel. Mm-hmm. Now I understand they need to keep their PG thirteen rating, but the idea that Beowulf was nude in the battle that itself doesn't bother me so much because all right, that's that's the, that's the direction they chose to go with it. But that was in the original there too, actually. Yeah. But since it's PG thirteen. They, have they to keep coming up with yeah, yeah, it's like the Austin Powers, like something's always blocking your view, and that became more distracting than than anything else. I was paying more attention to all the different stuff that was very strangely and oddly presented in such a way, and all the 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 camera angles that were were going out of their way to try to put stuff in front of Beowulf's 
Little Beowulf that it was very distracting from the fight that I was supposed to be watching. Yeah, because it gets it gets to the point where its absence becomes distracting. Right. I would almost rather, I mean, either you go full R and you play Dr. Manhattan. And That's what just, I was going to say. You just yeah, put yeah, it out I, there. I, yeah, either either keep him in a loincloth or something or go full Dr. Manhattan. Yeah, you, you just have to choose because the idea of trying to do the nude fight where at the same time having to constantly put things in the way, I mean, it was at one, I think at one Especially point. Especially if you're going to make him fight all flippy like that. Yeah, like, like weird things are going, like you're trying to make, there's the steam from the weird Grendel blue fire that I don't, I don't know if that's from the original story or not, but the blue yeah, fire I got was the weird. impression that that actually, that there was something like that in the original because when Grendel showed up at like like hellfire was going on so hmm. all right but you had the smoke from that you had the candles on the table at one point a sword gets tossed and jammed into the table in such a way that it would then block the view of beowulf as he's yeah. coming through i mean it was it was a little forced and it, i'm almost like listen i'm not saying that i'm advocating for more penises in movies but when not having the penis becomes a distraction, I think I'd just rather have the penis. Yeah, like 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 I said, just either leave on the loincloth to remove it from consideration, or go full Doctor Manhattan. Yeah, I'm, I I agree with that. But it was uh it was a particularly brutal fight. Oh yeah, there's uh one of the soldiers had a full force slice right onto Grendel's head. Mm-hmm. And then Wiglaf, Grendel then bit that man's head off and chewed on it yeah, for a while. Wiglaf stabbed him in the crotch repeatedly, which he, didn't do much. Which didn't do much. And he makes a comment as much about that. Uh, let's see. There was... Uh, so Beowulf punched out his eardrum. Yeah, but Beowulf was about to have his ears ripped off until he just started screaming at Grendel. His arms ripped off. Yeah, he, there was he, a bit where Grendel picked up Beowulf yeah. and was pulling at his arms... And, uh, yeah, he just screamed and to, to distract him. Yeah. Uh, what else? Anything else? There was a lot of really forced 3D stuff where people flying at the screen and around the screen. Yeah. That was not, not so great. But it ends with Beowulf, uh, cutting off, well, I shouldn't say cutting off, basically slamming Grendel's arm in a door repeatedly until he actually severed it. At the shoulder. At the shoulder. Um, which I think something similar to that, didn't that happen in the original? Yes, yes, yeah. he, he, he ripped off Grendel's arm. Yeah, so, thus injuring Grendel and setting forth the series of events that you had mentioned earlier in your very brief and thorough yeah. recap of Beowulf. Um, so yeah. Grendel goes back to, to visit his mother. Right, and then they have that a very, very lengthy conversation, almost entirely in Old English, which makes it very hard to tell what's happening. Yeah. But you get the point. And then there was this weird Grendel. It's also like, was weird. Changed. After after um, Beowulf punched in Grendel's ear, his whole body got smaller. Yeah, I was about to, to say, for... like, there was this weird thing where Grendel was, like, changing size. Yeah. Like, like he shrank during the fight when, after he got his ear punched in. And then after he died, he shrank even more to be, yeah, all, he, like, he, almost between, the size yeah, of but, literally a five-year-old. Yeah, yeah. Because when, uh, after Grendel's mother came for revenge and, and Beowulf went out after her, he finds Grendel's body in her lair and it's just a little thing. Yeah. And then, then we get the, one of the more iconic scenes of, of the movie is Angelina Jolie revealing herself and saying the line that was in every trailer, are you the one they call Beowulf? 
Yeah. Uh, then offers him like the the really. I mean, it was that's a hard deal to pass up. If I'm being perfectly honest with 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 you, if if you're Beowulf and you're being offered this, and we've already shown that that Beowulf is not very discerning. I think at one point he he doesn't recount the story, but we're led to believe that he fornicated with a mermaid. Yeah, yeah. The the, uh, the logistics of was, which I don't want to think Unferth about. Was, yeah, that was when Unferth was uh, challenging him. And he recounted a tale of when he was in a swimming contest and they were set upon by sea monsters, which apparently legitimately happened as we see it, because the the disconnect where we see that Beowulf isn't being completely forthright is when he talks about when he dove to kill another sea monster. And what we see is a mermaid who is beckoning him, mm-hmm. which goes to his added uh, character flaw in this of being rather lusty. Right. And again, I just I just want to point out the logistics of of human mermaid love. I mean, listen, not not to knock Ariel and and Prince Eric, but uh yeah, I don't that's incompatible. That's just that's not how it works. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, in any case, right. And, with and the Yeah. So anyway, so th- this is in this is right in Beowulf's wheelhouse is what I'm trying to say here. Yeah. On top of which, I'd, I'd point out that he tried to hit her with the sword, and it went through her. It, it, yeah. This, the sword could not hurt her. He had nothing he could do to hurt her. That right. became quite obvious that he was, at least as the movie presented it, he was well out of his league if there was going to be a confrontation between the two. Right. He had no prayer of walking out of there alive, except for taking the steel, quite frankly. Exactly. Like, if he said no, do you think she's going to let him live? Yeah, so... She she just completely melted the sword. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, that's... He, he didn't really have much of a choice. This sort of thing isn't the kind of thing he'd say, like, no, I'd rather choose death. This was right in his wheelhouse for kind of weird stuff that Beowulf was into, and it was a pretty cushy deal in that, like, you let me have this golden horn, and you sire a, a new son for me to replace the one you killed. Okay, I don't, I don't know how water demons work, but sure. Yeah. Then, you know, I will, not only will you have endless strength, but you'll never be able to die. So, and you'll have fantastic wealth and power. Yeah. So it seemed like, well, I guess from Beowulf's, it's like it was really sort of a, you only had one real path out of that cave, and he yeah. took it. And the fact that he was able to to benefit from that almost seemed like a, a, a happy coincidence. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the, uh, one thing in this sequence that I remember, I, there, there was, I want to say I read an interview with Zemeckis around the time that the movie came out where he was pointing out the reason they did that this way is that in the original poem, there were no witnesses to Beowulf's actions in the cave killing Grendel's mother. And so if Beowulf were such a braggart, were such a, a, a sort of egotistical man, then you know, he probably would try to cover his his tracks this way to say he killed her. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I get that. So there, there was another scene. It was after this, and I think it's worth pointing out where uh, I think the Frisians were invading uh, Danes. Yeah. And so Beowulf and his men were going after them, and, and there was that battle. And there's like the one guy left who Beowulf... Finn the Frisian. Yeah, Finn the Frisian. And Beowulf kind of taunts the guy and says, like, you can't kill me. Like, I've... I've I, I have this curse, whatever, that I cannot die. Yeah, it's like he, he he just straight up approaches the guy and, like, rips his shirt open. It's like, you want to be a hero? Come here. Kill me right now. Kill me. And, and the guy just, like, drops his axe. I'm like, well, I mean, don't you want to just try, Finn? <laughs> you came all this way. 
for this exact moment, for this exact reason, don't you want to just give it a give it a shot? Yeah, and that's why that that's another one of those points where the the seams really show in the storytelling. Yeah, it. I mean, it, I, I get that they want to show that that Beowulf does not really appreciate this gift all these years later. That he's he's basically just wishes that he could just not be where he is now. But yeah, because he says, you know, why you can't kill me? It's because I've already died many years ago. Because I guess while he's a lusty braggart, the sort of I'm gonna say that the impact that the deal had on his character and conscience just weighed on him far too much. Yeah. Either that or it straight up was a curse, but I don't know. I I'm, like I'm going gonna, gonna to go with better. the conscious one just because it, yeah. it at least makes the character a little bit more justified. But then, uh, then as you said before, uh, Unferth's slave ends up finding the horn, which undoes the full, de- the full deal. So yeah. uh, I imagine at that point, uh, not only does it provide Angelina Jolie, I should say Grendel's mother, with you know she now has the 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 hall pass to go and start uh, harassing his kingdom, but I think it basically undoes his "I can't die" deal anymore. Yeah, I guess I would think he still seemed pretty powerful after that. Well, I mean, he's a legendary hero. He is the one they call Beowulf. Yes, he is. Uh, and that and so then that leads to the to the dragon confrontation. Uh, which I I you know. There's not there was, a whole lot to say about it. Yeah, when at the beginning of the movie, when when Hrothgar is showing Beowulf the the horn and mentions the point on the bottom of the dragon, which is the only point it could be heard on, I knew then, right then and there, that at the end of this movie there will be a dragon, and Beowulf <laughs> is going to have to use that little chunk of knowledge. Yeah, it's it was it's so broadcast and it's so out of place when he explains it to him that I just it, I just knew it. I just said like yeah. That's going to happen. And it did. Um, in an interesting and brutal way, I should say, and that Beowulf actually has to sever his own arm off in order yeah. to get enough leverage to rip the heart directly out of the dragon. Yeah, that whole sequence was was actually pretty weird because they he when the dragon fight starts, he winds up getting on the back of the dragon they have kind or like being dragged by chains that got stuck to the dragon there's kind of a yeah, he, you know well, he, shadow of the colossus kind of yeah it doesn't he like spear the there. dragon in with a rope in order to catch a ride on it at first yeah yeah something like that uh because for a, a pretty good chunk he's hanging by a chain that's attached to the dragon right and in the end the dragon is attacking beowulf's castle and beowulf is kind of swinging around by the chain and happens fortunately enough to be in striking distance of that weak spot he slices it open and one of the nice touches they had is whenever the dragon breathes fire after that there's stuff spilling out of the slit in the throat mm-hmm. and he tries to reach in with his sword and stab it stab at the heart that is for some reason in the throat yeah, I'm, that, I'm gonna I'm gonna say that's the dragon's throat heart, not its throat main heart. Because it was it was also uh, a very small heart, yeah. given the size. It was smaller <laughs> than a human heart. <laughs> that's why it's its throat heart. Yeah, its throat. Heart. It's it's just there to help make sure that the blood gets to the brain when it's vertical. Yeah, <laughs> but sure. um, it makes about that's, as much sense. Yeah, as Yeah, just that's that's more thought than Robert Zemeckis put into it. Probably. But, uh, yeah, he tries, he like tries to stick his arm in once as he's swinging on the chain. He sticks the har- arm into the hole. The sword can't make it. He tries it again. The sword can't make it. And that's when he like reaches into the neck of his, uh, chain mail and severs his arm. So he's just hanging by his, his arm is still holding, 
I just realized his arm was still holding onto the chain. Well, after the chain it got was severed the off. chain was wrapped several times around his arm. Yeah, and, and then, then they showed just... that like his arm was basically wrapped so far in the chain that even if he let go, it was still it was still yeah. uh, secured. Yeah, and then the um, so now it was just the chain mail that was holding him on. He tries to stab again now that he's got another couple inches. But the dragon just swallowed some rubble, and it knocks the sword out of his hand. Yep. And at one point in there, he was also burned by the the, the fire breath coming through the throat until he gets, I don't know, he sees that uh, Wiltho and Ursula yeah. are, are in trouble, and he just gets inspired enough to try one more time. And this time, despite the fact that he doesn't have the extra couple feet that the sword gives him, his hand reaches all the way into the heart and just rips it out barehanded. Yeah, that doesn't... He, he, he finally did something that he could have done any point in time prior to that, before he was inspired, was kicked yeah. off the dragon to build enough momentum on the way back through that instead of reaching with some space, he could actually stick his whole arm into the throat slit. Oh, that was the difference. I, I, yeah. I never noticed that the, that was the only time he kicked. That was the only time he kicked off the dragon. <laughs> Oh my goodness. He didn't even have to sever his arm off the first time, huh? He did not. No, that was all completely okay, this, unnecessary. I, I, this 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 really feels to me like Ultra Magnus on the planet Junkion, like the w- right after he got the Autobot Matrix of Leadership, like light our darkest hour. This is like the first trouble he's run into. It's like, "Ah, oh, better open the, ma- uh, the oh, Matrix of Leadership." Yeah, I always think that's funny. The, the very first piece of adversity he had. He's like, "Well, this is our darkest hour." <laughs> <laughs> like that's that's kind of supposed to be like a, a last resort when all the lesser means of fa- that's not your go-to. You yeah, so that's <laughs> you just open the matrix of leadership. So just because things uh, are getting a little rough. It's Beowulf's version. It's like, oh man, I can't reach. Well, I could kick off and gain. Nah, I'm not going to kick off and gain momentum. That sounds like a lot of work. I'm just going to cut my arm off. Yeah, <laughs> that'll give me another couple inches. Yes, that's <laughs> sure. Oh, Beowulf. But that ends up killing him. He falls down to the beach. At some point in there, he uh, I think he mentioned right before he went into Grindel's mother's cave the second time that he already set things up so Wiglif would become the new king. Uh, he tried to confess to Wiglif, like, hey, by the way, this is what I did to screw the pooch here, so don't do this. And Wiglif wouldn't have any of it. Wants to preserve the the legend of Beowulf, as it were. Yeah, he's a hero. Yeah, so then at the That's end... That's all anyone needs to know, yeah, right? At, at the end... Uh, Grendel's mother kisses Beowulf goodbye while he's on his funeral pyre. The boat sinks, and then she approaches Wiglif, and then it it ends very ambiguously uh, and interminably. Yeah, so that, 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 what, that's kind of an odd way to say it that the end was interminable, but it was like I remember just in the in the theater when I was watching it because they they keep changing between shots of. Grendel's mother looking at Wiglaf and Wiglaf looking at her. It's just like they keep going back and forth and slowly zooming in on each face. And it's like, I don't know, two solid minutes of that. Yeah. It's, you, you think, all right, get on with it. If you're setting it up like this, it something has to happen. Have him turn his back or something. Jeez. And then you just get the credits. And you're like, what the? It, it, it really felt like they thought like, well, how could we make it ambiguous so that there's plenty of speculation? You know, and in and the way it was done was just infuriating. Yeah, but as long as we're here, this is hero talk, and we speculate. It's what we do. What do you think happened? This was presented to be a, a telling of Beowulf that was supposed to be something that could exist in the real world. You know, within a suspension of disbelief. Right. 
which would imply to me that there aren't any monsters around, so the cycle must have ended somewhere. So you're gonna you're gonna go with with Wigliff ended the cycle. Uh, that's kind of what I'm gonna go with. Yeah, you know what? Me too. I'm gonna she I'm gonna I'm gonna give she, Wigliff he, the benefit he, he of the doubt. Yeah, he wasn't trapped in her cave like mm-hmm. uh Beowulf or Hrothgar were. Yeah, and uh, so so she didn't have the threat of killing him over his head, mm-hmm. and uh, he was the one who was terrified of going in there before, and he's also seen at least two the results of two cycles of this. So. Yeah. And Beowulf basically told him that that he had screwed up. He was there for it. So yeah. So there you go. That's that's the real hero of Beowulf is Wiglaf. Yeah. He he's like uh, Samwise Gamgee. Mm-hmm. He's the real hero. Yeah. That's right. Okay. Um. I I think I think that's enough talking about Beowulf. Um, We're gonna do uh, favorite scenes. Yeah. So what was your what was your favorite scenes? Time for favorite scenes. What was your favorite scene from Beowulf? I'm I'm actually gonna have to say my favorite scene was uh, the confrontation between Beowulf and Grendel's mother, just because that was the most interesting one. Uh, it was certainly modified because in in the original story it was just a big old fight, but there was actually some drama there in this one. Yeah, kind of like we said, is was is where you could say like, look, if you think about it, he either has to acquiesce to her demands or die. Yeah. And this is the one time where Beowulf is clearly way out of his depth. Uh So I'm going to say same scene, same reason. (laughs) And I'm allowed to do that. But yeah, it's uh, that was my favorite part of the movie for that exact same reason, because there was something interesting going on there, because it was it was about the only actual part of the movie where there were actually some subtext going on. Character moments going on. Right. So I'm going to I'm going to on screen growth of some sort. Yeah, I suppose. Sure. All right. So for a second one, I do have a runner up, though. Oh, okay. An honorable mention, if if you will, is is after Beowulf returns from this and he is speaking with Hrothgar and he and (laughs) Hrothgar asks, did you actually kill her? (laughs) Yeah. And Beowulf's like, I brought the head of the demon of the the witch's child. Isn't that proof enough? He says, You and I both know she's not a hag or whatever it was. Yeah, she he says, I brought the hag's child, and he says, You and I both know she's not a hag. Yeah, it was <laughs> it was very telling that Hrothgar knew that. Yeah, that and then, he and then he comes out, and then Hrothgar comes out and says, All right, when I die, I want all of my wealth, my entire kingdom, even my wife, to go to Beowulf. Absolutely everything. <laughs> and yeah. then he just walks off to the window and does a wearing hud sucker. He just jumps right out the window. Yeah. So there was a there was a point. I'm glad <laughs> you mentioned. I, this. I just love that because it was like, up oh, tag, you're yeah. it. It's your problem now, man. Yeah. I am done with this. He's like, you got the football. <laughs> but there was a. After oh, he, he must have slipped. Yeah. After he jumped off, though, like the 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 waves took him, and there was this golden flash that brought him away. Yeah. And they yeah. never said what that was. I I kind of thought that was Grendel's mother because she, you know. Oh yeah. She still. They, they they sired a son together, and that she she took did, him. Did she to, have feelings for him or something? It's the same way that Grendel's mother came for Beowulf on his funeral pyre. Yeah, like I think she still had feelings for him, and so she took him away to wherever she keeps the skeletons of the people she's been siring sons with all this time. And Beowulf's there too now. Yeah, you know, till Wiglaf ended the cycle. Yep. But yeah, that was I. I especially liked when Beowulf is like telling the extremely fake story of how he killed her. <laughs> And he's like, well, when I removed the sword, she sprung back to life, so I had to stick it back in and leave it there. And that's why I didn't bring the sword back, everybody. (laughs) (laughs) 
Ken Unferth is like, yeah, the sword was good. Yeah. <laughs> sort of gave you. Yeah. I'm like, what about the and horn? Then, well, I had to throw the just... horn into the swamp to lure her out. When then, and then I killed her with the sword. Your sword. Remember? <laughs> <laughs> it, I mean, it was, it was so ham-fisted. But Artificial. It, it, yeah, but it made me chuckle. Yeah. So, yeah, I guess if I had an honorable mention, it was the scene that immediately preceded the scene that was your honorable mention. Yeah. <laughs> I think now is the time on Hero Talk where we can give this movie a score. Okay. All right. And as I am want to remind you, review scores are dumb and they don't matter. And the review score you're about to hear from us is going to be mostly nonsensical. It doesn't mean anything because we're presuming you've probably already seen this movie and it doesn't matter what score we give it. And because... I don't, you've already listened to the whole review. You know what we think already. I don't see what a number is going to do to solve that. So, now that we've established that, Nick... What would you score Beowulf? I'm going to give it Grendel's Dentist. Grendel's Dentist. That's fair enough. Um, I'm going to give Beowulf some digital dangling Beowulf bits. Hmm. Because it could use them. They would have, yes, it could. They would have helped the story. <laughs> All right. All right. All right. So before we close out, it's time for final thoughts. So, Nick, do you have any final thoughts? So like I said, I've I've gone through the original Beowulf, I've gone through this movie, I've gone through the 13th Warrior, and I've read Eaters of the Dead. And for one thing, I was actually very surprised at how faithful an adaptation of Eaters of the Dead, the 13th Warrior, was. Um, and I, I'm actually even surprised that one of the complaints about the movie was that the other Vikings didn't get enough character growth when... They barely had names in Eaters of the Dead. They actually had way more character in the movie than they did in the book. Interesting. That, that isn't to say that the, the movie is a completely accurate representation. Um, there were a couple of changes that are weird and would have fit more with Beowulf if they had stuck with the book. But, um, all in all, it, it, it was way, way closer than, uh, I had been led to believe. So actually, of all of the tellings of Beowulf, Eaters of the Dead and the 13th Warrior are my favorites. Mine too. All right. And my final thoughts. I, I very recently had the opportunity to be a guest on another podcast, uh, outside of the Enthusiacs podcast channel. Uh, so I was on Gamers Without Borders. And if you want to catch that podcast, then if you go to Enthusiacs.com and click on the link for the Beowulf Hero Talk, I will provide a link to Gamers Without Borders so that you can listen to me being a guest on another podcast. Uh, so thank you very much to, to Nick and, and Dapper who had me on. Uh, very gracious. And that's host. not me, Nick, I presume. Not you, Nick. No. Thank you very much to to Gamers Without Borders, Nick, and and Dapper for having me on your podcast. I had a, a good time. I I hope you enjoyed having me on as well, because otherwise that's just kind of sad for me. But <laughs> <laughs> not really sure where I'm going with this now. It's gotten a little self-deprecating. But uh, so thanks so much. And if you're a fan of Hero Talk, please give a listen to Gamers Without Borders, and you can listen to me on that that came out uh just last week as of recording time of this podcast all right nick thanks for coming on with me thanks for having me all right we had a good time if you want to check out any more content from us you can check out enthusiacs.com you can also find us on twitter youtube and facebook just search for enthusiacs any feedback or any movies you want to hear us review you can just send an email to hero talk at enthusiacs.com and until next time this is judge greg asking are you the one they call beowulf Thank you.